You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the bottom of the hour. If you missed our conversation with Ross Tucker, we'll revisit that. He, he came on super early on the program. Top of the next hour, Luke Fox, NHL writer for SportsCent.ca, wrote a piece about the William Nylander conversation. And, hey, look at that. The Austin Matthews extension news broke yesterday. We'll talk to Luke Fox about that. And 8.30 from the CP Women's Open at Shaughnessy, out west, Adam Stanley, golf analyst for Sportsnet, will join us as well. Um, Austin Matthews signs that extension. Four-year extension worth uh, $13.25 million. At first blush, Maddie, we kind of touched on it in the uh, the Rose Report as well. Um, I think this is a good deal for the Maple Leafs. Obviously, Tree and the Leafs want to lock him down longer, but he has no intention of ever doing that. He never wanted to. He wants to sign these shorter-term deals to maximize the amount of money he can make, which I think is super smart. And when we heard numbers around like $14 or $15 million a season for Austin Matthews, 13.25 seems really, really reasonable on the AAV for Toronto. Oh, big time. I, I like where the AAV is a lot. I think everybody knew that he was going to be the next highest paid player in the NHL. Sure. And at the same time, I would rather have Connor McDavid than I would have Austin Matthews 10 times out of 10. But right. this is how it works in contracts and sports. Things start to grow. Things start to build up. And here's the thing. If the cap does go up like me, the optimist, believes it will, 13-point change is going to work out just fine for the Toronto Maple yep. Leafs. They're going to be able to put in a, a couple of the things around there. Plus, you already have it for this year, right? Like, this year, your cap situation is sorted. You don't necessarily have to worry so much. And it gives you a little bit of an idea of what you're going to have to be looking at after this season. Because if you want to go out at the trade deadline and try and bring in someone with terms, so you just have less of things to do in the offseason, now you have a better idea of what your team's going to look like for the next few years here. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense for the Maple Leafs. I'm um, getting your best player in, getting one of the best goal scorers that we've seen in recent years since Alex Ovechkin. That's big. This is a good deal for the Maple Leafs. Something yeah, they needed uh, again, to do. Needed to do. Uh, I, when it comes to uh, Austin Matthews, and again, the playoff success just isn't there, but you're you're, you're talking about uh, the best goal scorer in the NHL over the last five seasons. Five-on-five five goals over the past five years. Who leads the NHL? Matthews, 145, a lot more than McDavid's, 117. Five-on-five uh, five goals per 60 in the past five seasons. Who's the leader? Austin Matthews, 1.62. Pasternak second at 1.44. The guy just does the most difficult thing in the NHL to do uh, is score goals. His release is incredibly quick. It's deceptive. He can shoot from so many different angles that fools goaltenders all the time. He's a true number one center. I think this is a reasonable deal for the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews, and I do like the AAV because we heard maybe 14 or $15 million. Just to put some context on how the NHL is so far behind the other big three major sports. Saw this yesterday on Twitter. I want to share with you and the listeners. Uh, if Austin Matthews uh, played in the NFL, he'd be the 88th highest paid player right now in the NFL. Yeah. 
Wow. If Austin Matthews played in Major League Baseball, he'd be the 103rd highest paid player in Major League Baseball. On a yearly salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Austin Matthews played in the NBA, <laughs> where there's only like 12 to 13 guys on a roster, he'd be the 113th highest paid player in the NBA. That's bench. Deep yeah. bench. No, it's like your sixth yeah, man. Yeah, six, seven, yeah, around there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's... And he's now the highest paid player in the National Hockey League. Like... Starting next season. Sorry, but who cares? Okay. The, the just, NHL is significantly saying. behind the other three sports. Mm-hmm. Like, we do this exercise anytime there's a new highest deal in every sport. It's like, yeah... The NHL doesn't get as much as the other sports because they don't have as many fans because it doesn't apply to a very general, broad base of fans. And they've just been dwarfed by things like the NBA, the NFL, which have way better holdings globally than mm-hmm. the NHL does. So they make way more money. They have way better TV deals, so they make way more money. So the top end of the roster guys get way more money. And also, I think that in all those other sports, especially compared to the NHL, that... It's much harder to win as an individual, i.e. Connor McDavid has been in the NHL for eight years and has been the best player for essentially every single year, hands down, and still has not been able to drag his team to a championship. Right. Like, in Uh, those other sports, one guy can impact it. Patrick Mahomes goes out and wins a Super Bowl. LeBron James goes out and wins a NBA title. Baseball, maybe not so much, but Football, I disagree because uh, it takes a... A, a cast of people to win a Super Bowl. Oh, okay, and, and, I think but football if you, is probably more key. Most quarterback. basketballs. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you can win at the Super Bowl without a quarterback, but it's extremely difficult. Basketball, you're right about it's getting that more point. difficult to win without a without a quarterback. Yeah, yeah it's in course. the same sense. Like every once in a while, you win a Super Bowl without a quarterback, and every once in a while, a team wins a Stanley Cup with just a goalie and not really a good team. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. these things happen. Sure. These are yeah. outliers. Yeah, standardly. Yeah. Year to year, a single player is not able to push a team over. Yeah. Like Connor McDavid yeah. and Austin Matthews have not won Stanley Cups. No, I, I, I t- it's just like you get it. You want to be paid for the talent. You want to think, hey, the NHL is a big four sport. But like Maddie says, it it just doesn't drive. Like the, the it's not big, not a big eye mover there in the in the sure, United I, States I, where all the money is. And like, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm sure Austin Matthews ain't crying about the 13.4 million dollars he gets to cash. But I mean, on the grand stage, like it's a big four sport, and it's like. Wow, the NHL is so far behind the other three. Yeah. Well, again, because of their because of the just ironclad salary cap, the league makes a ton of money. It's in the billions. Mm-hmm. They don't revenue. give it back. The NHL see, cares more the about the, the yeah. NHL cares more about how their franchises are valued, and they're right. starting to see more get creeped into that billion dollar mark. And as long as they yeah. see, oh, these these guys are worth these teams are making money. They're they're worth a lot. We don't share that. I'm always a pro player guy because yep. they're the ones putting their bodies on the line, making all the sacrifices. And that's why, like with William Nylander yesterday, I was thinking, like, players really could give a crap about the team or the market. They they are like what Ross said. They're independent contractors. They worry about themselves and not make their career. They're not so much worried about. And I mean, William, yeah, he loves Toronto. He wants. He's going to say all those good things. He's not going to say anything derogatory about the city. But players are just becoming more. They're just they're just commodities. They don't have to be attached to yeah, these markets. And, and we don't have time to have that conversation yeah. now, but you're right, Patrick, because fans romanticize sports. Yeah, of course. And they go, I they play for the Flames for uh, ten grand a year. Yeah. I would love to do that. No, well, you you're not in that position, <laughs> and you're not in that position to make that money because and, you're not in the elites. And that's the one thing I always talk about. 
These guys have sacrificed so much through their entire lives and worked so incredibly hard to get to where they've gotten to. Like, they deserve to be compensated for it. And the old saying, nobody watches the owner's own. Mm-hmm. They nope. go to watch the players play. And I think even Connor McDavid's criminally underpaid to what he does in the NHL because of this super hard salary cap. All right. Um, does this have any bearing in your mind, Maddie, whatsoever on what the Flames do with Elias Lindholm? No. I've said it for the last couple of weeks. I don't think these situations are really the same at all. Um, can, with the can fl- I say that there's maybe a chance? That they're related? Yeah, here's why. Okay. They're both UFAs heading into next summer, and now Austin Matthews isn't. So if, if Elias Lindholm heads into... Just, unders- yeah. Okay, it's just like there's an extra center available now. That's right. Yeah. And now that he's gone, you have a number one center available on the market. So if Austin Matthews was there, clearly he'd be taking a ton of oxygen out of the room. But since now he's locked up in Toronto, maybe that maybe that opens the door for Elias Lindholm to say, man, I can really cash in a good year. as a UFA yeah. now. Yeah, I could definitely see it. But he's not the only player who finds himself in, in this particular um, realm, I guess. Like, just quickly looking ahead... Ah, uh, Steven Stamkos would be a UFA. William Nylander would be an a UFA. Mark Scheifele would be a UFA. Um, those those names you just met. I think Elias Lindholm makes more money on the open market for what he brings. Mm, that's probably fair, but I think my point is more or less. I don't know if he's getting more money than Steven Stamkos on the open market. But nevertheless, thirty-four Stamkos. I I think he is. Nah, um, Steven Stamkos scored thirty-four, and he had eighty-four points last year. Significantly better season than Elias Lindholm had, and he's a captain, and he's got rings. Mm -hmm. I would rather have Steven Stamkos than Elias Lindholm. Even like it's not like Elias Lindholm is twenty-five here, guys. I'm wondering what Vancouver's about. He's going to be thirty at the end of the season. We don't talk about what Vancouver has to do with Elias Patterson. Yeah, and he he came up yesterday, but he's an RFA too at the end of that deal, isn't he? Like I don't don't know if that one is going to be near. Yeah, I know. Sorry, he is RFA. Yeah, you're right. My bad. So I'm I'm mostly focused on the UFAs, I guess, in the sense that yes, there's going to be another spot open, but Mm -hmm. also I don't know if a lot of people ever thought that Austin Matthews was going to hit the open market. So I don't know if that has changed drastically for Elias Lindholm over the last twenty four hours. Hours. Man, just looking at this UFA crop for next year. Whoa, this is, is going to be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a fun July first. People haven't started <laughs> signing. Got to be a lot more yet. fun than Michael Bunting. Oh hell this yeah! Summer. We don't know that yet because the chances right. are that a lot of these guys hey. get inked within the course of the season because that's typically how I mean, smart general managers do their business. Like when when do we think we hear a number on the if? That cap goes up. Is that GM meetings in March? No, it'd be the same time that we heard it la- th- this year. It'd be a, the off season this year. It would be probably right before the off season. Okay, so right after the cup. But the other thing too okay. is that's more public. Like I do believe that these teams are given hints ahead of time, indicators, and sure. that they can go throughout their own process. Like they've got their own finance guys. They can project this type of stuff in house as well if they really need to. Right. Um, okay, um, we'll have uh, even Luke Fox on. Two million, it helps a ton of teams. Sure. Um, Luke Fox is going to join us at the top of the next hour, talk about the Matthews thing, the Nylander contract situation. We'll save the Nylander conversation for Luke Fox mm. coming up at the top of the uh, next hour. Uh, also wanted to get to uh, our man, uh, Frank Saravalli, uh, had a little morsel of information when it comes to Elias Lindholm. Let's play that little clip here on The Big Show.
these two sides continue to talk, I think there's an edge of optimism and or positivity. They The Flames have put their cards on the table. I think they've made a massive offer uh, going back to late June, early July. Mm-hmm. I think they remain intent on signing Elias Lindholm, and I think the best way to describe it is, as time has gone on, I think he... I don't want to say he's coming around, but my sense is that he is listening more intently than he might have been, you know, six, eight weeks ago. Okay, well, that's encouraging. Right? Maybe the old, uh, you know, let him be, play him hard the to get. grass guess. maybe isn't greener. Play play that you're not that interested in letting him have his space may have worked out nicely rather than just pestering him all off season. That's good. I like that. You know, turning a new leaf. There's a lot of things to hear from Frank there that you like. You know, I'm still always ready to get my heart broken, but that's that's solid, you know? I think there is a bit of... I think you should be a little optimistic if you're a Flames fan when it comes to the... Again, he's... I think it helps he's not American, too. I know it's... It's just the reality of the situation, right? Noah Hannafin, American. I ain't staying. Lyslin Hill, uh, I might stay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And if he stays, does that mean Michael Backlund stays? Maybe. Maybe. If they want him. Yeah, potentially. Like, at some point here, um, you're going to have to make a decision on Adam Rizicka. Is he a top nine forward in the, down the middle? Or do you say, mm, meh, and turn the page? Right, sure. like because right now I would argue the biggest thing that is kind of blocking him, and I don't know if Adam Rizicka is going to be a considerable top nine center over the point of his career, but you would say, you know, it's probably time to have that breakout season or that season that you really start to get noticed. Yeah. And on top of that, you guys like you got guys like Connor Zary who are probably hopefully not too far away in that sense. You know, what's that contract going to be? But we've also talked about Backlund as a captain, and then Uyghur's name has come up, so. I don't know. There's so much up in the air for this team right now, and it all kind of hinges on what does number 28 want to do. Um, real quickly here, too, before we uh, get to the Ross Tucker interview. Um, the NHL announcing uh, Bill Daly, you talked about it in the Rose Report, that potentially uh, we're going to have a best-on-best best competition in the NHL. It's about damn time uh, because we, we have to see guys like Matthews and McDavid go head-to-head for Team Canada and Team USA, respectively. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on a world cup of hockey idea. I know that's what they want to do. I don't want to see it every two years. I just think it takes away a little bit because yeah, you can give me the examples of the world cup and soccer and like the European championship. The problem with those competitions is the pool's a lot deeper Mm -hmm. of teams that can actually win those competitions and championships in hockey. It's not, it's only a handful of nations that can actually compete and win these things. And to me, uh, once I've gotten a taste of the Olympics, it's Olympics or bust. The, the heartbreak in Nagano, uh, the elation in 02 when they finally broke the streak, the golden goal in fourteen in 10, uh, the just stifling defense of Mike Babcock, Carey Price, and that team in 14. To me, it's the Olympics. And nobody remembers Canada winning the World Cup of Hockey in 16. Nobody does. Everybody remembers Team North America and how exciting they were. But nobody remembers Canada beating Team Europe 3-1, 2-1. 
Nobody remembers no, that. I understand like that, and I think with what the with what hockey and the NHL has done, like I I never was around for the Summit Series and the the Rendezvous '87, the Canada USSR well, Canada Cup '87 like, was incredible. I, but I, that's before we had the Olympics. Exactly, Patrick. exactly, it was, and it was best on best at that time, and then. Okay, well, '96 comes along. Let's let's we we we. This is our little pre. You know, we're going to Nagano in '98. Let's let's bring back best on best, and then they stop being consistent with it. Like '96, right. then you got to go '04 for the next one, and then it's 12 years to the next one. So the NHL has done itself no favors with the World of Cup of Hockey. It hasn't given anybody like, oh yeah, you remember you remember the 2000 tournament? That one was pretty good. Or you remember the uh, the 04 tournament? Well, 04 was fine, but you remember 08? You know something like that? You know they never they never consistently did it. And I agree, the 2016 yeah. tournament was stupid. I hated Team North America as exciting as it was with the under 21s or whatever it was. I hated the Team Europe. You can take the best eight nations, and I get it. A lot of it depends on if Russia's able to compete in these things in a few years. I think if you, without having Russia around, it dampens these tournaments a lot because mm-hmm. Russia, next to Canada and the U.S., they're the third best hockey nation. So you need them around, and I know it's such a geopolitical thing. And you, either the yeah. Russians still don't have their flag shown up if they're playing at the U.S. Open or whatnot. It's a, such a big thing. So if the if the Russians are there, I can get a little bit more on board with the World Cup. Mm. Just don't call it World Cup of Hockey. You can call it the NHL World Cup because it's an NHL thing, and we know it's hockey. I now. just but think again, that all of this is arguing about semantics. It like, is. We have talked about how there has been no international hockey for years and years and years and years, and now it's like, oh, if we're calling it the World Cup and not the Olympics, then why do I care? Like it's going to happen once, and it's going to be four years, and that's going to feel like forever. Yeah. I so want. Yeah, I'm like. The stage. I'm down with the twos because we get. Who cares about the stage? the stage? I just want to see Canada against USA. And sure, so, you do. But so it's, what if every other year it means more than the other two years? That's fine. You can still allow it to happen. Maddie, Maddie, talking about because um, the know, Olympics are going to have NHL being underpaid, uh, giving an excuse to the league not being at the Olympics. I'm, I'm impressed with your pro NHL stance uh, this morning, Maddie. I, it's I'm not really... a pro NHL stance <laughs> with with. Also, all. George, with the Olympics as well in 2026, you're going to have Italy in here. You're going to have you're going to have some bottom sure. feeding nations playing the I'm Olympics just saying, they have to fill let, out. When it comes to this, you're right. We need it. We need to see it. We've talked about it on this show. I'm I'm all in on all that. It's just less is more. I think every four years at the Olympics is perfect, and we talk about it two years out. We talk about who's going to be on the team. And when it's every two years in a in a manufactured World Cup, whenever it is in the summer. Like, it just doesn't feel the same. Once we've gotten a taste on best on best at the Olympics, you can't go back. The NBA's done it, and everybody looks forward to it. The NBA's got a World Cup. Do people care about, really, the NBA and the the FIBA World Cup? Well, I'll be watching, because why? It's about an Olympic spot. Canada, if they do well at the World Cup, it's about what they do at the Olympics, because that's the biggest biggest competition. Not all the guys are even showing up to the FIBA World Cup, because it it isn't the Olympics. The Olympics is where it's at, and I hate it because the IOC is such a disgustingly corrupt organization, and we know all the stories behind it. But once I got a taste of the Olympics, it's Olympics or bust for me. Shut the league down for two weeks, do the Olympics, have everything involved. That's Sunday and the last day of the Olympics before the closing ceremonies. You have the gold medal game in men's hockey because that's the pinnacle of the sport. And I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I completely agree with you. But to sit here and for years and years and years complain that we don't get international play and then just say, oh, it's too much because they're doing another tournament that's not the Olympics every other year. I just think that's ridiculous. 
Like, you want more international competition. You want guys to be able to don the jersey more than once in their career, more mm-hmm. than twice in their career, especially yeah. because the, the like window li- for a successful player now mm-hmm. is much smaller than it used to be. Like I You get- don't have players that are going from 20 to 35 being the elite player of their career because mm-hmm. players are so much better when they're younger, mm-hmm. and we're getting so many more good players. Like, how much have we talked about the point-per-game players in the NHL. It's and disgusting. The, the vast growth that we've yep. seen in just the amount of players that are point-per-game year-to-year over the last decade. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. are the t- players that you want to be able to have opportunities to wear Team Canada. This and the, I want to see different iterations. This, so if they're doing yep. it every two years, that's totally fine with me. It just means more international competition, and I don't know why you're saying that's a bad thing when we've been complaining about it for the last decade. Or, and not or taking anything this? away from the Olympics. It's still the pinnacle, but it's just okay. you get another tournament in the middle. How about this? More guys go to the World Championships. But, make that more interesting. World Championships had a but really how are you bad do time. That? It's a bad like, time I, for North American players. It's, I it's get the it. worst time. Great time. I get it. Europe, Europe ends their season in like February, March. Their playoffs are done by like early May, late April. The NHL drags out into frickin' July 1st nowadays, so it really... I love the... I, I like the World Championships. I think it's a great tournament. It gives everybody a chance to see how good hockey is around the globe, and yeah, you don't mm. see the best on best, but I do love the World Championships. I would love to see more guys go to that World Championship, because that is the longest reigning best on best, sure. technically, competition for hockey on the planet. How many World Championships right. games did you watch this year? Two. Bingo. Exactly. It's tough. <laughs> Bingo. It's tough. Bingo. All it's right. tough. Uh, Luke Fox, uh, NHL writer for Sportsnet at the top of the next hour. We'll ask him about this conversation we're having, too. And we'll talk to Adam Stanley live from the CP Women's Open down at Shaughnessy out west. Uh, but right now, if you missed our uh, Ross Tucker conversation, we'll do that after the break. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.